execution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the inaugural episode of House to House. Uh, this is AJ, and I'm here with Ragu. Yes, he is. So, um, as we stated in the, uh, what was that, the intro? What was what, what did we call that before? The promo. Yeah, yeah, there it is. I should be professional at this point. Um, in this podcast, what we intend on doing is, you know, reflecting the, the, the culture of the kingdom of God, and we're going to do that hopefully by expounding upon things that you haven't heard and... Uh, Maybe you have heard, but we are going to revisit it from a different perspective. Of course, of course. Um, so in this inaugural podcast, what we want to do is talk about uh, culture. But before we do that, please join us in our Facebook group. It will be House to House Podcast Facebook group. Um, and so we just want, you know, we're, we're going to approach this a little different. And uh, we, we want you to chime in. So anybody who wants to post or ask questions or yep topics that we can tackle in the future we we hope to um engage as many people as possible hey listen even if it's a thing that you don't agree with us and you're challenging us on we we want to get all of that we want to get everybody involved so um please join the conversation as they say um in the house to house facebook group yeah this is going to be a safe place to dialogue back and forth there's no no cyber bullying we're just going to keep it <laughs> keep it clean keep it friendly and uh you know engage one another definitely definitely so, Goo, what what do you think about when you think about the the term culture? What what does that what does that speak to you when you hear that term? So, the term culture to me it, it reflects a lot of components of society, if you will. So, you can talk about you know you could talk about clothing, you could talk about currency, you can talk about economy in general. Uh, you could talk about the way that you know people engage each other in society. I know, it's, I know these things are very broad terms, but they're going to have to get broken down into small parts. I know, they're like, hold on, hold on, brother. What you talking about? <laughs> That's real deep there. You just said all those big words you're using. Yeah, no, what, you know, when, when I think of, of culture, it's like a, the, the collection of a group of people's understanding of the, of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can be expressed in language or arts or clothing or mm-hmm. the, look the food right d- d- depend on the culture you are from that could be your food um their institutions um yep their heroes you know certain cultures might think certain people are heroic and other people might not characteristics so I, I think there's a, a lot of things that go into creating a culture um i think there are a lot of things that are results of culture Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's ultimately, it's the way, like I said, it, it's the way that we perceive the world. Okay. It's not generic. We all perceive the world through, through our culture. And, um, I, for believers that presents a particular, that presents a, a particular conundrum. Yep. Absolutely. So we could definitely start delving into what the current culture is of today. And, you know, I think that that actually exposes, I think, a very essential heart of the topic. And to me, that's what the culture is about father, fatherlessness, as well as uh, the the orphan behavior that is uh, being exhibited uh, throughout society. And, you know, this is 
this is exemplified, you know, or more so exemplified when we didn't know the Lord. But, you know, as we begin to, to know the Father and the Father is made known to us, these things, these characteristics begin to get uh, flushed out. Now, when you say the orphan culture, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. When I say the orphan culture, I talk about specifically the, the lust of the flesh. I'm, I'm speaking from 1 John 2.16. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And you know, this, this scripture is just talking about the things that, that are in the world and also are, are characterized by the orphan by just preserving themselves being only concerned about themselves and the only way to do and perform a certain action or goal is to do it by themselves. Yeah. Cause the, when one of the other things that, that I think about when I, I think about culture as it pertains to a believer and, you know, even people who are not believers, right. Is even down to family. Cause you can go macro level, right. And say like a, a geographic, you know, people group as a culture, then you can say regional and you can even, but even if you bring it down to families, individual families have their own culture. Oh, absolutely. Right. Where, you know, if we go to our parents' houses now, right, we're adults. If you go to your parents' house, there are certain things that your parents do and they don't do. That's mm-hmm. the culture of their home. Yep. And so for, for believers, we have to first identify, well, what are the characteristics of God's house? And I don't mean, the the four walls of a church building, right? We're we're actually talking about his spiritual house, that spiritual dwelling place in that God resides. It's not just me individually. That's part of it. I am a part of it. You know, First Corinthians three says, "I am the temple of God, and He dwells within me." Mm-hmm. So I am a part, but I'm also like the Bible says that we are stones built together into the house of God. And so, what is the culture of that house now? I'd like to read from the scriptures an example of what can happen when when the when your culture changes. And so if you recall in Genesis chapter three. So what what takes place? We, we, we all know Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three is when Adam and Eve eat the fruit. Eve is beguiled by the serpent. Beguiled. Nice big King James <laughs> word. <laughs> right. Eve is is deceived by the enemy. And she eats the fruit and then she feeds her husband. And if you read in um, Genesis three, it says that her husband was there with her. Mm -hmm. So they both were there. So ultimately they both were deceived and they ate the fruit. And the moment they ate the fruit, the scripture says that their eyes were opened and they went to sow fig leaves together to make clothes for themselves because at that moment they had realized they were naked. I'd like to, you know, submit for everyone's consideration that it was in that moment that Adam and Eve, their culture was changed because previously to that, they had been walking around naked with each other. And there was a blind trust between them and the Lord. Yep. Exactly. They were blind. They were to a certain degree. They were. I don't want to say naive because that's a lack of for, but for lack of better their scope Sunday, was only focused on what the Lord had there. provided them. Exactly. They had a very dead, a different scope. They had a different paradigm mm-hmm. that they were viewing things through. And then they eat the fruit and are separated from God in spirit. And so their their culture changes. 
how how many of us and I don't know about you, Goo, but like for me, I can recall this happening when I left to go to college. So my my freshman year in college, way back in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Right, way back in the 1990s when I went to undergrad, I I, I can recall I just started to develop some different habits, mm-hmm. some some different characteristics, things that I didn't do growing up at home. But when I got to college, I developed a different set of characteristics. And so I realized that once I came back home, like on breaks and things, that was presenting a problem yeah. because I had started to develop my own culture. Yeah, you used to do everything for yourself. Exactly. And you and when you do it for yourself, you do it a certain <laughs> kind of way, right? It might not be the way your mom and dad did it. Mm-hmm. So you come back home on a break for the summer or for Christmas or whatever, and they're like, hey, do X, Y, and Z. You're like, well, no, I do this. And they're like, well, you're going to do this because you're, you're still living here. <laughs> <laughs> and so your, your, your culture has changed. Mm-hmm. Right. Your your culture has actually started to change because the way you see something as small as cleaning or preparing food or the types of food that you now eat or don't eat um, have changed. And so to a small degree, the way your your outlook, the way in which you see the world has actually changed. Um, and I think this happens for a lot of people on in, in different areas. But I just wanted to use it as an example for Adam and Eve in Genesis three. So they eat the fruit. And it, the, the scriptures say that then God comes to them in the cool of the day as he normally did. And they are hiding. They, the reason that they were hiding is because the way in which they saw themselves and saw God had changed. And yeah, so their, I, their, their culture had changed. Yeah, yep, their, their culture definitely changed. And their, their provision, the way that they were able to perform and do certain tasks has changed. So, you know, one of the first things that the Lord, the Lord calls for Adam, where are you? And then Adam's response is, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid. Right. So there was a conscious awareness of what something that Adam had done was wrong. Adam and Eve. Well, Eve, but you know, it's Adam's fault. So (laughs) (laughs) Adam's always the one that gets blamed. And so, you know, the, the, the eyes of the soul at this point were open and, once that, that fruit was taken and consumed, there was a disconnect between God and man, both Adam and Eve. Now, you, you mentioned a, a, a word previously that I, I want to go back to. You said that part of the, the reason for the current day culture is fatherlessness and, and people acting like orphans. Now, Someone may be listening and say, hey, 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 I don't, I don't act like an orphan. I, I have two loving parents. My mom and my dad were in my life growing up. You know, they love me and I love them. They provided for me and, you know, took care of all my needs. What what do you mean I'm an orphan or I'm acting like an orphan or whatever, behaving well, like an orphan? What does that mean? Well, I think first the key point is talking about fathers, fatherlessness because what what instinctively has has really been adopted is unfortunately a lot of single parents or single mothers really primarily have taken on the role of raising a family and so when that happens there is a a lack or a lack of a masculine or male presence uh and therefore you know the the reflection of god primarily being uh, 
I'm about to dig up to I'm about to dig up something real. Yeah, you about to go deep. That's all right. We only a few minutes in. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm gonna express is talking about the authority that, you know, of course, Christ is the head of man and man is the head of woman. And so you see this hierarchical order where it's God, man, and then woman. But I'm saying this in, in order to <clears throat> articulate the fact that God is primarily or should be solely reflected through the male father figure in a house or a family, excuse me. And so when that component is missing, a lot of what is being uh, pro- appro- appropriately and accurately represented in the family culture and the house just a, a family, a, a, mo- a mother, or excuse me, a father, a mother, and children, that is not, it's, it's absent. And so what then gets created, and <clears throat> with that father not being present, is, is a child that is, you know, halfway reared mm-hmm. and growing. Now, would you say that a child could still end up that way even if both parents are in the home oh absolutely and and then i think what you're what you're bringing into the the fold here is the lack of god being in the center picture mm-hmm. and so what then you know is is continued to be revealed in that child is the child only sees the things that they're able to perform as far as the things they need, the things that they want to do and pursue, they see the only way to do it is through themselves. And they're not able to comprehend that there is, there is a, a, you know, not a higher, higher being that is like far off in a distance, but the higher being, being God, being represented in the, fa- in the family through the Father that is able to help build and, and you know, shape the child's vision and seeing that <clears throat> it's more than just taking care of things by themselves. So would the statement then that an orphan is someone who relies exclusively upon him or herself as opposed to relying upon their natural parents, mother and father, and you know, by proxy God himself, um, would you say that would you say that that adequately describes someone who would view the world through the orphan culture? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so and someone who only relies upon themselves for their provision mm-hmm. and their protection, and those are two very specific things. Because you know, I really want to um, go back to the Genesis three scripture. Um, that's what those were the first two things that took place. Um, after the fall of man. So mm-hmm. they eat the fruit and the moment they eat the fruit, their eyes are opened and then they immediately go and provide for themselves leaves mm-hmm. to cover themselves up and then they hide, they protect. So they, they yep. provide and they hide. They But they, they provide for themselves and then they look to protect themselves because they were afraid. So... I want to get to that point that that you made about them being afraid. So would you then say that one of the things that is a result now of someone 
living or perceiving the world through the culture of an orphan would be that they see God as something or someone to be feared. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's not uh, innate in us to, you know, rely upon the Lord. You know, it really shows that we need to, that needs to be demonstrated before us. Mm. It's hard to um, understand somebody that is spirit that cannot be seen without the actual physical uh, demonstration of it before us. Wow. So would you say then that, I feel like I'm interviewing you. Now what else would you say? (laughs) No, but I I think that um, another thought of that would be um, continued growth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because what we've come to know in modern Christendom, right, is you preach, you know, you preach the gospel to somebody and they get saved and they just continue coming to a place to get preached at week after week. Um, but very little emphasis is placed upon their growth. And I would say part of that growth thing is the, um, the, like the, the culture by which they're, they're fostered, like their growth is fostered. Like it has to be cultivated in a particular um, context, and I think that the culture by which their growth is, you know, cultivated will sort of determine what the outcome is. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the and- out the, the the culture of the modern day church that you come in week after week to be preached at. Not sure if that's the most healthy, right? We're not here to bash any church. I know people are trying to do good work and do what they feel that the Lord has called them to do, but. You know, is it the most excellent way, right? Is it the most beneficial way for someone's maturity to to be cultivated? No, I mean, I think we both know that, Amadi. <laughs> you know, the the best way, you know, and first and foremost, a relationship is cultivated is when you're able to speak with the per- person on a one-on-one basis and c- cultivate that outside of a, a large formal, you know, uh, environment. Mm. So... That's that's a good point that that you mentioned. I, th- I think that it's very Im- important for people to understand that your salvation, right, is can be done in a public place. Uh, it has to be done in a public place. The, the The Bible says that you have to confess. So there is some publicness mm-hmm. um, about conversion and and salvation, but maturity is a different thing. Maturity is a different animal than conversion or or salvation. I think that maturity is is something obviously that's more time consuming. Um, it's something that is going to be a little bit more labor intensive, um, and it it's going to require more of the discipler as opposed to the disciplee or the disciple. <laughs> um, it's it's going to require more time, right? Mm-hmm. It, Getting up on a Sunday and preaching or on a Wednesday and teaching a Bible study is very easy to do when you compare it. You know, I'm not saying it's it's not, you know, some work there. There is work involved in that. But when you compare it to the work of sharpening iron, where the Bible says iron sharpens iron or steel sharpens steel, depending mm-hmm. on what translation you look at. There's a friction. There is going to be a, a rubbing together. If exactly. You will. And, you know, that's that's only going to be fostered by that one on one, that 
building time together. You know? Now, now, what's some of the end results you think of that one-on-one or that iron sharpening iron, that sort of friction that's created from the rubbing together? What What do you think some of the results of that can be? Well, some of the characteristics that you hope are continually being generated are being able to accurately represent some of the characteristics of the Lord. So let's just take one, for example, you know, peaceable, peaceable. And, you know, if you have a background of being angry and breaking things and whatnot, (laughs) this is all hypothetical. Um, No one would ever get that angry about anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, one of the things that the disciple, the the discipler would be uh, trying to, um, conduce is try to build that this the, the same characteristics that the Lord is representing to the Father or excuse me the discipler would be the same characteristics that he would in turn reflect to the disciple mm. and so there there are some of these characteristics um, of culture that cannot be passed along right mm-hmm. by by a preaching or by a sermon you can get faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we're not talking about your faith or your conversion, but this is strictly pertaining to a culture that cultivates maturity because that's ultimately the goal. Mm-hmm. I would hope that, you know, for, for everyone listening who's a believer um, is that your goal is to not just be converted, but that your goal is to mature, right, to to grow up in in some things. And so. Let's go back to this culture thing. If the culture of the orphan, remember, is someone who relies exclusively upon themselves for their own provision and protection. And by the way, I saw this in in plain sight yesterday. I was in the grocery store with my children. You know, for for those listening, I homeschool my children. So we were at a homeschool co-op and we were on the way home. So on, on the way home, we stopped at the grocery store. My wife asked me to pick up a few things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even podcast hosts have honey do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped at the grocery store to to pick up a few things. And so we're in line at the, at the grocery store. And there's an older lady and a younger gentleman in, in the line in front of us. And so she um, he had less things than her. She had a lot of stuff. He had a couple items. And so she said, oh, young man, you can go ahead on in front of me. Just mm-hmm. pay for your couple little things and then get out of line. So he paid for his two or three things. And he got the bags. Then he stopped and he turned around and he said, ma'am, you mind if I pay for your groceries? I just want to say thank you for letting me get in front of you. Wow. Yeah, I know. And then she was like, no, 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 thank you. He was like, you sure? You sure? He's like, I really say no. She's like, no, 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 no. You don't. Wow. And so he's like, okay. And she was, she was pretty stern. No, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. I'm going to take care of myself. (laughs) And so the guy left out, you know, a little dejected because he wanted to be a blessing. And, you know, the lady pulled out her money and the cashier. Now, this is the cashier looked at the older woman and said, you just blocked his blessing. Why did you like, wow. like, like why did you even this man at the cash register yeah. could see it? Because she asked. Well, the, the, the cashier was a female, but yeah, okay. she could or see the, it. The person. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to get out of that. We always think men first. Sorry, ladies. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take the hit on that one. <laughs> but. The the cashier, she asked the old lady, do you know him? And she was like, no, nah, I don't know him. She's like, you just blocked his blessing then. Why would you do that? And she was just like, well, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And she just, But it was just the quintessential 
mentality of someone who relies exclusively upon themselves not realizing like we don't sometimes we don't even think that people mm-hmm. still just want to be a blessing where people can be so cynical right and so pessimistic that we don't think that people actually just want to be a blessing like be genuine yeah, right? just be genuine mm-hmm. i just think that that you know sort of sums up you know what what the mentality of the orphan culture is you know it's that when people rely exclusively you know upon themselves for their their provision their protection even you know it it sort of culminated because i mean this woman was a little older so you know it's like the culmination of her life uh-huh. not that she's gonna die that day she didn't die yesterday but it's y'all. harder as an older person it's harder right to try to change their ways you know when they've been doing it for x amount of years it's been reinforced you know you know the world can be very callous and that it produces calluses and so that's that's just why I, th- I think it's it's so important that we work to before we work to you know browbeat people with scripture all day long is that we work to simultaneously develop a culture that helps to cultivate right this this thing that we're trying to get to which is maturity mm-hmm. we are you know trying to cultivate a people who are not just going to reiterate, you know, more converts, but they themselves have not yet grown up. Mm-hmm. We want to simultaneously make converts as well as continuing to cultivate an environment for maturity. Because mm-hmm. then you have proper representation of who the Lord is in the earth, as opposed to those who just want to do what they will in the earth. Yeah. I won't call it, well, just, we'll just call it immature people because I think just calling them orphans is, eh, it's kind of, I know it's messed up, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll just call it, you know, immature people because when you're accurately representing the Lord, you know, you're able to see, see the things that the Lord is doing and accurately represent his character and therefore in turn, you know, being able to see and do and have our being by what he is saying to us in order to do you know those who are the sons of god are led by the spirit of god amen so i I think that's that's a good starting point so we're we're going to talk a little bit more you know as we're moving forward about what this environment that will have to be cultivated is you know because you don't just go from a to z immediately right you don't don't progressive yeah it's a progressive growth it's a a progressive maturing um there are different stages that you'll go through just like naturally right you know when when you have a a newborn and then you have an like just the difference between newborn and infant you know it's a tremendous difference and people don't realize that um, you know, then from newborn to infant to toddler, right? I mean, there these are stages that that human beings go through as we grow and develop. And you know, I, to if you look at your growth um, spiritually in the same light as that, you'll begin to realize that okay, I got to stay diligent. I have to stay mm-hmm. di- you know, disciplined to continue to chug along. Yep, continuing to perpetuate maturity because it's easy it's very easy to become stagnated Mm -hmm. so we hope that you guys have been matured um not matured encouraged encouraged (laughs) matured as well (laughs) we hope that you have been encouraged um we're going to continue to to talk through some of these things because you know we're to to leave it here um 
or to sort of end this part of the discussion, you know, understand that there's a particular culture that, um, you know, we need to have, you know, and there's a particular paradigm that we need to have to be able yeah. to process things through um, and identifying the environment that needs to be created and, and fostered um, in order to cultivate maturity, yep. not Absolutely. just converts where, you know, we, we want to cultivate maturity and um, there's going to be a particular pathway by which that's done. And so in, in, in the next episode, we, we hope to discuss the, the method or the, you know, I don't know, the process by which mm-hmm. God does that, you know, the, the process by which God will begin to cultivate that environment for people to become mature, you know, for people's process of maturing to uh, take place and so that we can, you know, transition from that culture of orphan people into people who dwell in the family of God. Absolutely. And, you know, everyone's process is not going to be identical, but there are some things that everyone has to go through. Exactly. So with that, we thank you for listening to us. Um, We look forward to hearing your comments, your questions, and your feedback. So for Goo, this is AJ saying thank you for listening. Yes, blessings to you. I live in institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk.